It is the Fazlift Podcast. Us. I've got with me, uh, and I'm avoiding doing my usual long introduction, so I've got with me two guests, some uh, good friends of mine, um, Ollie and Joe. Hey guys, uh, thanks for joining me. Um, how you, how you guys doing? Go on, Joe. I'll let you jump in first. <laughs> yeah, doing good. Good to be back on back on here to to have a chat. Um, good to meet you, Ollie. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll see see what we can uncover and, and talk about. Yeah. Likewise. Hi, guys. I think this is my my fourth or fifth time. Um, I'm like ten. <laughs> 10% of Faz's podcasts, slowly but surely getting in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, these, these guys have both been on the podcast before, so um, I'll save the long introductions and we'll do a quick catch-up catch on how your bodybuilding is going at the end. Um, we've all in various stages um, of prep and, and, and just building up. So, But anyway, today's topic is going to be a little bit different. And um, I was having a chat with both of these guys a couple of weeks ago on different strands and it was all loosely to do with the concept of happiness and I found the discussion really interesting because both these guys have always got really interesting things to say regarding not just lifting but life as well and so I wanted to get them on a podcast and talk about balance so just to kind of preface this a little bit around about 10 years ago when I was really into um, strength that was probably roughly when I was kind of at my strongest um, I was full force into the pursuit of strength uh, and also career as well. I felt though that looking back, that focus probably unbalanced me a little bit. And I, for the last sort of three to five years, I've been readdressing that balance and having a lot more balance in my life. So I wanted to discuss today the topic of happiness. How do we get to a point of happiness? What is what is the method towards that? Do we look at balance in life? Do we look at do we look at pursuing one or two goals, which the, that are leading to a high level of achievement, which brings us happiness? Do we try and nudge all the things up at once? Um, do we need to suffer hardship to actually achieve happiness, to appreciate our happiness? I think, Joe, that's what you and I were discussing as well. Do we need to um, have the, the, the relative happiness compared to the relative down to be able to appreciate the uptimes? Do we need to have the downtimes? Um, I guess that's kind of what I, where I wanted to um, head the discussion. So, first of all, if we kind of open up the discussion, um, Ollie, I'm going to go to you first of all. Um, at the moment, I really like what you're doing with your life. You've got a lot of things ticking along at once, um, and your bodybuilding's progressing, your career's progressing, relationships progressing. Um, subjectively, do you think you feel happier now, or did you feel happier when you were going full bore into bodybuilding when your career was perhaps less taxing than it is now? Yeah, Christ. Um, very good question. Very good topic, to be honest. It's one of those that I think everyone is completely different. I mean, where I'm at right now, um, actually, maybe if I twist it around a little bit. So when bodybuilding was my main focus, like I wasn't being stimulated enough by my career. Um, that was my own choice. I'm here in Australia. Um, I was working recruitment and I had to stay within that industry in order, in order to get my permanent residency. So during that time, while, you know, I'm only working sort of 40, 45 hours a week on something I'm not passionate about, like I, I needed something else that, you know, really gave me some meaning perhaps. Um, now I'm the polar opposite. Like I literally got my dream job back in December. 
Um, you know, I'm working 45, 50 hours a week and really fucking enjoying it, to be honest. Um, started my master's as well. Um, so I'm doing a master's in supply chain logistics management, which obviously is taking up a bit of time. But at the same time, I'm still training five days a week. I'm still prepping most of my food. And I do feel like I have decent balance now, to be honest, which is exactly what we're talking about. Um, so I guess what I do wonder is what I did with all my time um, beforehand and how um, bodybuilding seemed to take more time. I think there's a, a lot to be said in that you'll make time for what you want. And I think sometimes having the added pressure of other things definitely does help. And I'll give you a really good example of this because I was talking about this with someone today at a show. Um, do you ever find like when you're prepping between like 16 weeks out and four weeks out, you become more productive in all aspects of life as well as the bodybuilding because you don't have any excess time to sit around or, or do anything else. As long as you're working and doing other things, um, you find a way to be a bit more efficient. Um, what I will say is maybe those last four weeks, um, not quite so much. It's definitely all in bodybuilding um, when you've got no, no room to think or you know, basically breathe. Um, I don't know that's probably where I'm at now, to be honest, happier, well-balanced as I'm about to go into prep in four or five weeks. So mm. maybe we, we hash this in six months after a couple of shows. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, just, do, you, do you feel then that like overall, you're able to just carry on kicking everything along and still maintain a good degree of balance, which is leading to better happiness? Or is it just the fact that your job right now is, your, is actually your main focus? Um, just you know what what is it that's really producing the happiness now because oh, have we gone from just being full-on into bodybuilding to being full-on into your job um i don't know i'm just trying to hash it out i think a little bit of both now to be honest um i mean at the end of the day as long as you're not doing like as long as you're not as long as you're not at the end of prep and doing you know two hours of cardio a day as well as your training sessions really like how much time do you have to put into bodybuilding um four five six seven hours of training a week then prepping and eating your meals like that's the basics plus sleep really like i i always thought i might struggle when i've got a proper career and to juggle lifting um might be different when you've got a family as well um you probably bring someone like chainsaw on for something like that because he seems to work 60 hours a week bring up three kids have a wife get a pro card and fucking everything else <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, for, for me right now, like I said, I'm not in prep or anything yet. But I'm I'm finding the balance a lot, a lot better, to be honest. Um, Joe, uh, with with regards to you and kind of your life, how, how do you, with regards to the same question, like how do you find the balance in your life? Because your bodybuilding right now is is on fire. Like you're the biggest, and I would say the strongest you've ever been. Um, you had a good push-up at the start of the year. Um, how are you finding that level of balance with you and your life and your career, personal, all that kind of stuff? I think one of the things that sticks out to me from what Ollie said and is definitely the case for me is um, when I'm less busy, I'm probably less happy. Um, and there's only so much time you can put into bodybuilding. Like There's only so many things you need to do, like, like Ollie said. Um, and when I've been in situations or, or jobs where bodybuilding is the main focus, um, you know, the job isn't very stimulating or, or, or whatever, um, 
I, I, I don't ever feel as happy or as productive versus when I'm busy all the time and it's a struggle to fit everything in, but I'm managing it. I, I think, and you know, I'd be interested to hear what you think, but I think being busier on things that you want to be busy on um, is probably correlated with more happiness. Um, it's, in, it's funny, you know, when, when the uh, oxygen gym uh, scene started to boom in Kuwait, and you had loads of the American bodybuilders going out there and everyone was wondering what was going on that was turning these guys around. One of the things that I heard or somebody told me was um, it's like a sponsorship and the oxygen gym will put them up in an apartment uh, across the street from the gym. They have all the meals made for them and they basically just sit around all day and just walk over to the gym and train. The program's made for them. Everything's done for them. And I heard that and I remember thinking that would make me so unhappy that it would be hard to put everything into bodybuilding. If I had nothing to do all day, but sit in an apartment, um, it, it just wouldn't work for me. <laughs> and I think the unhappiness then would probably knock on to um, how motivated you feel. I like that point. Um, I like that point. So it, it's, it's almost as if I think you can, if you have a lot of spare time on your hands, you can almost like hyper-focus on the areas of bodybuilding and perhaps put them under the microscope, which may well make you feel unhappy. Like it's that sort of obsession about it because you've got so much time to sort of twiddle your thumbs and, and think about like every aspect of your diet and all that kind of stuff, which if you put it all under a microscope, it's going to, it's going to suck the happiness out of it. Is that kind of what we're thinking? Yeah. I just, I would be very surprised if busyness wasn't correlated with happiness. Um, as I said, as long as you are busy on things that you want to be busy on. Yeah. Um, and of course, there's a lot to be said for, for enjoying your, what, what you do for work. You know, while he said now he's working in, in an area that he enjoys and before he wasn't, um, no matter how much you enjoy that hour or two of training you do in the evening, if the seven hours you spend in the day working for somebody else doing something you hate, it makes you unhappy. It's hard to pull that back. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, that's kind of why I started working for myself. And I think autonomy in what you're doing is really conducive towards happiness. Um, and I think everyone should, if they're not working for themselves, at least have some sort of like side hustle if they're not really satisfied with their job. So um, I think it's super important to have some, some area of your life where you've got autonomy and it's you make the choices, you make the decisions, um, whether that's just a really involved hobby like bodybuilding. I mean, it always takes me back to my... Um, one of my earliest mentors, one of my earliest coaches back in like 2004. And um, he, um, he took me to one side once and he said, Faz, do you, um, do you take any protein? And I said, yeah, I, I buy some cheap stuff off my protein. And uh, he's like, uh, yeah, great. You know, never skimp on your hobbies. He's like, in life, you've got your work, you've got your family and you've got your hobbies, like never skimp on your hobbies. And like that, he was talking about balance there and like really being into things which you can control in your life, which bring you a lot of happiness. And if that's, you know, your uh, bodybuilding or if it's your work or whatever, I think, yeah, you've got to have that degree of independence to, to really make you happy. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Um, yeah, no, interesting. Mm. So if we talk a bit about, um, yeah, if we talk a bit about autonomy, actually, like what is it about having your being able to make your own decisions during the course of the day and during the course of your life which contribute towards happiness because i'm sure like it was something to do with um i think karl marx said it um in in his book 
which I know we're not, we don't want to go down the whole sort of like uh, socialist um, avenue, yeah. but he said that the the way oh, to suck, yeah, yeah, the whole <laughs> Russian kind of communist thing. Uh, but he said the way to suck happiness out of people is to make them feel like a disassociated cog in a machine where they're just doing their small role and they have no idea of the how it contributes to the greater work that's been doing and which is he was describing the modern day or back in the day the industrial workers sort of they were very much a small part of a chain and disassociated with the end result in the whole process uh, he said that was the lack of autonomy whereas previously where you were making stuff for yourself you're perhaps a carpenter or something and you're going from start to finish and seeing the end product that's when um uh, people would be happier. What, what do you what do you think about that, um, Ollie? Um, so, I guess I've been quite lucky because I've never really experienced. You know, I've always worked for the people, like the the lack of autonomy. Um, so I was in recruitment five or six years, which is in essence a sales job. I'm now in a sales job split with delivery and a shitload of learning to get me where I want to be. Um, so they're really investing a lot of time with me. And what I guess what I'm trying to point by that is being in sales, as long as you hit your targets, you can really make your own schedule. Um, so, you know, I've trained first thing in the morning, come in late. I've left early to train. I've trained at lunch and come in late. But as long as I'm hitting my targets, like I've always been allowed to do that. You know, most people have an hour at lunch. If I like, if I want to eat at eight, 10, 12, two, four, once again, as long as I'm hitting targets, it, it doesn't really matter. Um, so if I was in a situation where like I can eat my breakfast before I get to the office and then I have food at lunch and then I eat like not until afterwards, like that really, that would impact on your bodybuilding over time. Um, especially for me, because like when I'm on higher calories, I do like the, the constant eating, um, I find that easier than, you know, five, 1000 calorie meals a day. You know, I'd rather do six or seven or five meals plus snacks during the day. Um, so I guess I don't really have the experience without the autonomy, but I can see it being a, a real issue for people, which is why like, you know, on the, you know, on the forums, um, there's always those, um, there's always those topics which are like um, they ask a successful bodybuilder who's you know in his thirties, um, what would you do? What would you do again if you could take, do it all again? Or what advice would you give to a young lifter? They always say get a good paying job, but get a good paying job which is flexible. Um, so whether that is you know as you said working for yourself, or you know working in an industry where you you do have some flexibility, um, I, I, I think that very much helps definitely. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, yeah, so Joe, what are your thoughts on, um, we've talked about kind of like having autonomy, but what are your thoughts on being able to, um, extract if you don't, let's say you, you, you don't have a job, which is particularly autonomous. Um, like, cause I remember this is one of the reasons I got out of teaching was teaching is extremely structured. Like you've got to, it's to the T basically, cause you've got to be at certain places for the start of the day, assembly every lesson, every hour is structured and your breaks are structured, all that kind of stuff. Um, always really weird coming back from summer holiday because you, you, all of a sudden you can't pee on time. So <laughs> you've got to wait for this hour to go pee. Um, Joe, what, what are your thoughts on, what are your thoughts on the idea of autonomy affecting happiness and then pursuing something which is uh, like from like bodybuilding and really pouring into that if you don't have that level of autonomy in your life? Is that something you've experienced or what's your perspective on that? 
I think realistically it's got to come down to personality types and ambitions. Like not everybody who works in a job that is extremely structured is unhappy. And for some people, it's probably not important to them being um, involved with the end product of their work. I'm sure there are many people that are happy to go to a job, work their shift and go home and, and never see any more of it. And what they value probably is the consistency in that, maybe the um, the uh, structure of that and the security of that. Um, and I, I would imagine there's probably generational differences. Um, younger people nowadays seem much more like they want to do their own thing. Um, and I think probably your generation, Faz, there are a lot of people that can't understand the problem with um, working a nine-to-five for your whole career. Um, and it would be silly to say all of those people are unhappy because of it. Yeah. Um, I do think there's something to be said. You know, I've worked in jobs before where I, where, um, I don't get to eat whenever I want. I have specific break times. Um, and you still make it work, right? You know, I, I blend up meals, um, liquid meals, leave them out by the staff toilets. And most jobs, I was going to say any job, but probably not teaching. Most jobs, you can always go to the toilet if you need to. So I just go to the toilet to go drink a meal, you know, so you can still make it work. Um, and I think it would be silly to say being in those jobs is um, guaranteed to make somebody unhappy. Yeah. But of course, if somebody values that kind of thing, um, you know, your job is a massive part of your life. For most people, it's five out of seven days of the week. Um, it would be silly to say that that wouldn't have an effect if, if, if it's in a way that you don't enjoy. Definitely. I, I think, um, Adding on to that, I think you've touched a good point there on personality types. Um, like there are people that will always get it done. Um, I do consider myself one of those people. I can guarantee right now, if I have to work 60 hours a week for the next four months, um, I will still trade four days a week. I'll still eat the food I need to. Um, I think in, in my job now, I have meetings with a lot of CEOs, COOs, people that are you know, running decent sized businesses, mostly medium size. And a lot of them, despite working the 50, 60 hours a week, they all have something else. Um, like, cause I can see their diaries because of the meetings we have. So lots of them have like triathlon training or, you know, lots of stuff on with the kids. Um, and, but I think it's fair to say because in the majority of cases, because they're in those positions, um, and they're still, you know, doing those things. Like they're not letting the, oh, I'm working 50 hours a week, blah, blah, blah. Um, I can't get to the gym, but they, you know, they binge watch like 12 hours of TV in a week and finish the series and brag to their friends about it. Um, I, I think that people that do want to get it done will, will get it done in, in most cases. Um, so personality types, I think that's a, a huge thing, which also goes, there will be some personality types that are happy to, you know, work a few hours a day, train, and then have their life revolved around bodybuilding and uploading pictures on Instagram and captions and whatever else people are doing to, to get by these days. It's a small dig for some people. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Um, I wanted to see if we can kind of like put a, a summary on this. But on the topic of happiness and balance, if we were to kind of summarize um, our views on that, I mean, what what makes people happy? What makes you happy as an individual? Um, 
related to having balance in your life based on what you guys have experienced in your working life so far. Um, if I was to go to you, Joe, what what would ultimately, because you've, you've provided a really good perspective in terms of personality types, ultimately what makes you happy and what has been the formula for, for you um, or the happiest uh, based on your working life so far? Man, I think... Um... What makes people happy is never going to be something really you can answer because so many people are going to have different um, priorities. You know, and I'm, there are many people, I would imagine, well, well, there are, you know, who go to one of those jobs with no autonomy. The thing that they have outside of work is their kids. So all they do is work and have their family life and that's enough for them. Um, I think it depends on your aspirations. Some people are happy to not earn that much money as well, as long as they have enough to get by. Um, and all these things contribute as to how much is going to be enough for you. Um, I will say, I don't think, it's hard to say, but I, I would probably say I don't think bodybuilding makes me that happy anymore. Um, but it's become a goal, right? So it's it's more a uh, means to an end for me at the moment. Mm. I'm trying to achieve a goal that I'd set out on and I don't want to give up on. Somewhere along the line, the training became less enjoyable. And the enjoyment of the training was probably what created the goal in the first place. Um, you know, I'd look forward to getting to the gym. It was the thing I, I enjoyed doing the most. And somewhere along the lines, it became more um, the thing that needed to be done. And I'd enjoy when it was going well, as in I would enjoy the feeling success, feeling like I was doing something good. But the actual act of training became less so enjoyable. Um some of that may be because um, when you become serious enough, it's hard to be serious enough about um, being productive or achieving something and it also being happy and fun. You know, there's a certain amount of stress that comes along with that in that I have to make this work. I have to get it right. Mm. Um, and to be honest, you know, if I follow that kind of rabbit hole all the way to the end, the only logical conclusion is like, well, why am I still doing it? Um but, you know, it's like, like we've said before, you can pursue something because it's fun to pursue or you can pursue something because it's a goal and you want, you want the end result. I would say it, it, at times I even look forward to and I hope there, there is a point where I can kind of step back from it and it isn't the ultimate priority anymore. And I think that probably will um, make me happier. Um, but I also think if I did that now... Um, I remember what I was saying there. Um, um, you, you were saying about if you were to... Yeah, if I think if I was to yeah. step away from this early, thinking um, it'll make me happier to pursue multiple things, the kind of catch-22 there is looking back and thinking, could I have done better, could I have achieved more, would probably bring uh, a lingering unhappiness in many ways. And I think athletes, or you know, well, I use that term a bit loosely, but people that aggressively pursue one goal like that um, probably are uh, um, a bit of an ex uh, exception to the rule in that once you get that kind of focused and involved in one goal, um, it's hard to step away from it knowing you've not done everything you can. Um, I don't know if you had your own, had a total you were set on when you were competing in powerlifting or, or what, but if you had had, if your last meet, you know, you had messed something up technically and you knew you could have got a better number, and then you had decided to quit it and walk away, would you always be wondering what number could I have achieved if I'd done one more meet? 
I mean, that, it, when you were speaking, that, that did get me thinking about uh, when I ended my powerlifting because I had a lot of injuries throughout the years, which I then came back from and I pushed through. But it wasn't really until my numbers reached a fairly round figure, um, which I decided, which I was happy with, that I decided to hang up the boots and go, okay, you know what, that's probably about time to call it a day. I mean, I did, when, uh, when I finally uh, finished powerlifting was when I had a, I tore my hamstring again on a 280 stiff leg deadlift. And at the time, my, my actual deadlift was about 300. Like that, it seemed like a, a reasonable time to call it a day then because those numbers were all fairly round and big sort of, you know, big round numbers. And it seemed like a, a decent place to call it a stop. So perhaps it, I mean, I, looking back, I always thought it was down to just, you know, what injuries and it's done, but I probably could have pushed on, you know, um, but then it's a case of like, it felt like it was a reasonable time to have stopped without having those feelings of like, I've left a job unfinished. Um, so I felt for me, like it was, it was enough time for me to kind of move on. So, which kind of goes back to what you're saying. Um, it seemed like at the time when I left it, it was a job, which was, it was nicely wrapped up at that stage. And I, I felt like I could have left it then. Um, but yeah, if I was halfway through I think, it. I think you have to be able to have achieved something that you are, um, well, I guess, proud of yourself for. Like you are happy to be able to say, given the amount that I put into this, given the amount of work that I put in, this is what I achieved and be all right with that. Um, and right now, if I walked away from bodybuilding, I, I personally wouldn't be at a stage where I could say, you know, I gave 12 years of my life and this is how far I got. I'd, I'd want a little bit more. Um, and I can think of examples throughout, even in bodybuilding, um, you know, when uh, I was going to make certain lifestyle changes, um, I wanted to have achieved a certain level before I did that. Um, and a, a level that just I could be happy with myself to say, this is what I managed uh, so far. And that probably goes for the pursuit of many, many goals. Um, but ultimately, um, I would I would imagine getting happiness out of that when you leave, you have to be at a level that you're happy with rather than a level that you think other people will be happy with. I'd, yeah, I mean, I'd also say that when I did finish off powerlifting, and I, I, there was a period of about three to four to five years where I was just coaching and I wasn't really doing a great deal of competitive stuff, which was a massive chasm for me. And I, I didn't really know how to fill it, to be honest. And I wasn't really that happy. I was looking for something else until I found bodybuilding. And that the prep for bodybuilding made me really happy again because it was that focus. Um, Do you think it was being busy with it as well? Yeah, it was, it was. I loved the discipline of the whole day. Like Ollie was saying earlier, that time during prep when you get really productive, I found that it just, it filled my entire life with, with a purpose or something to do. Um, and that, that felt really good. Uh, I'm much happier when I'm dieting, mm. surprisingly, because you get that structure. Um, for whatever reason, it's easier to get up and on with the day. You have certain things that need to be done. Um, you're not as lethargic. All these things go into it, but generally you can you end up becoming busier when you're dieting than when you are trying to put weight on, I think. You know, conversely on, on that, actually, I actually, I'm weirdly enough, the opposite of that, like the, what I was, what I was saying with regards to the point earlier was more that um, it, it had, it gave me a purpose in that it gave me something to be, to be busy about. But with regards to dieting, I actually much prefer dieting the way I am now, which is a very loose, relaxed way of dieting and where it's not a focus, which allows me to, to, 
to focus on other stuff like the business and work, but I still get the results kind of going in. It's a weird one. It's a funny mentality. I try not to think about my diet too much right now. It puts me off. Um, but yeah, no, what, what I was, was saying before was like the, the, the thought of the competition, it gave me more focus in my life and it allowed me to get more out of what I was doing because I was aimlessly, I wasn't really a powerlifter anymore. I was just sort of like a retired, very hurt sort of <laughs> ex pal of fat powerlifter. So um, <laughs> it was, <laughs> it was, it was a time in my life where I didn't really have a direction like physique wise. And the first time since I was 18, I didn't. So having the direction of the competition, having something in my mind, I realized that that's what I loved was being busy with a goal um, was, was kind of what I liked. Yeah. I do think for most people working towards a goal of in some area probably would bring more happiness, um, a goal that's important to them, no matter whether that's sport related or not. I think most people need something to be working on. Yeah. I, I definitely did. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, I, yeah, I was going to say, I, so I ended up burning out quite badly from powerlifting. And I think that, that three to five years, it was kind of like a burnout where physically I was burnt out, mentally I was burnt out. Um, and it was only a few years later when I decided to do bodybuilding and I felt like I was ready, ready for it. But I had such a white hot focus towards powerlifting. We, I was, I was powerlifting six days a week and it was all full body stuff. Like it was really brutal, like routine. Um, which similar to you, Joe, like, I'm not sure it did make me happy at the end. Like I was almost relieved when I decided to just call it quits where I was like, okay, I've finished my, I've, I've completed, I can, I can call this a full stop on this area of my life. And it was almost a relief to go, you know, I'm done. Um, there was a period of sort of emptiness afterwards, like I've talked about, but yeah, I'm not sure it did make me happy towards the end. And I really had to look back at why I originally started lifting, which is then what took me to bodybuilding. Um, it was the competition, it was the discipline of the endeavor, it was the goal, um, and all that kind of stuff made me happy right from the beginning. So I had to I had to take a big step back to be happy again, because I never thought I would be happy bodybuilding. Um, you know, I never even considered it to be an option. Like, I, it just wasn't my sport. It was so far removed from powerlifting for me that I never considered anything that I would have any interest in. But actually, I realized it was just the focus, the goal on something which was difficult but achievable which really enhanced my life i felt i think i can already foresee that coming for me the relief of being kind of having done it having completed it to a point that i think it, it's done um and you know the longer and the, the longer you pursue something and the, and the further you go with it the more and more it takes from your life so i imagine by the time we get to that point i'll be glad to have it over Ollie, if we go to you, like, do, do you think you're going to need to have periods of your life where you do pull back from, say, your job to really push your bodybuilding? Or do you think you can manage it all? Because you've, you've done a pretty good job of actually getting more balance as years have gone on. So how, how do you do that? Let's, let, let us into the secret. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't even know. Um, I'd say one of the main reasons, I guess, for me is because I've, I've kind of accepted that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be a professional bodybuilder and whatnot. Um, four or five years ago, did I sort of have that secret dream? Yeah, I, I, you know, I fucking did. Now, you know, I'm 28. Could I win a pro card one day if I put everything into it? I believe I could. But really, what that it wouldn't actually get me anything. Um, I guess that is 
a low-key goal just because the standard here in Australia isn't as big. Um, so I could get a pro card at, you know, 94, 95 kilos shredded, which I'm not saying is an easy feat, but there's a lot of difference between 94 kilo shredded and like 105 kilo shredded, which is, you know, where you'd actually have to be to be at least a somewhat competitive pro. So I think, cause I'm at almost peace with, you know, I'd actually be happy to stay as an under 90 um, bodybuilder. And then every couple of years do a show. Um, don't have to push off seasons too big, too hard, um, focus on other aspects and then come out and, you know, do a show every couple of years. I know quite a few people that do that. Um, but then again, saying that, like, after I do this next prep, like, no one's going to know what surge of motivation I get to want to bulk to 125 kilos or whatever the fuck, you know, we all get after after prep. Um, so I really don't know. I think, I think balance-wise... I think most people should try and be balanced unless you're really going to make your living out of bodybuilding. Like you've got to have at least, you know, a backup plan. If you're like, if you're 20 years old and you think it's going to be your world, I think, I think you need some real, real talent. Um, although to harp on a bit more these days, it is a bit different because of, you know, Instagram bodybuilders, you know, making a good, making a good living, I think, you know, YouTube bodybuilders. So there are some people, you know, that have a certain amount of cockiness talent can be in front of a camera that, you know, can make other um, revenues of living off bodybuilding. But I think most people should look at some form of balance. Um, but then again, that's quite easy for me to say, because in hindsight, that's not how I was. Um, so it's kind of, it's kind of like when, um, I mean, steroids, I mean, they're illegal here in Australia. So obviously I don't take them, but for example, if I was to take them and you talked to someone in the gym about them, they'd always be like, oh yeah, wait until you're 25, because then you would have max your natty potential. They give you some really good advice, but at the time you're 21, ready to go. And you don't see any other option that now nah, I need to do this test cycle. I need to do this test cycle. But when you actually get to 30, you know, you've gone up and down a few years, you realize, oh, I probably could have stayed now a little bit longer. Um, once again, that's theoretical because steroids are once again illegal over here in Australia. And I'm not putting myself in fucking trouble or handcuffs. Um, but yeah, so that's what I think. I think balance is important. And I think you can genuinely get it unless like you're really fucking all in bodybuilding. But I think the difference between where I'm at now and will be in this prep to 100% is it's marginal. I'll make the time to do the cardio. I'll, I'll train. Worst comes to worst, I'll be a bit more tired than someone that doesn't work a full-on full on job and preps, which, I mean, I've personally run okay on minimal sleep in prep anyway. So I don't know what else I'd be doing. I'd, uh, you know, try and watch TV or something. <laughs> That's just me. I think it's funny that when the three of us talk about balance in this conversation, what we've meant is pursuing multiple goals. Mm. But most people, when they talk about balance on Instagram or on social media, they mean spending time not pursuing anything. They say you need balance. You know, you need to go out and have drinks with your friends or you need to miss the gym that day or laze around on Sunday and, and just watch Netflix. That's what they mean when they talk about balance. You need time off from 
trying to achieve things. But all throughout this conversation, the, the balance that the three of us have referred to is pursuing more than one goal. I think that's a really important point um, because I, I recently, the last, uh, well, mostly this year towards the tail end of last year, um, I started doing some gaming, right? That's right. Uh, what games? Uh, I started on World of Warcraft, right? Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And um, I did it specifically because it's a time sink, right? It's completely pointless, you know? Um, but that's why I did it. So I would spend like Saturday mornings doing a bit of gaming and that kind of stuff, you know? And it's it, it was for the reason that Joe just highlighted. It was like, it was something in my life which was a complete waste of time <laughs> like and that it was like you can't pretend it's useful in any way <laughs> but it's but that was what i liked about it um and it's it's funny because you don't you it's only when you mentioned that that made me think back it was actually a conscious choice to do that was to do something which would be a complete waste of time and that is actually quite a stress reliever um you'd be surprised like doing something because I, I realized that i i wasn't doing a great deal of things which in my life which weren't actually productive towards an endeavor of some kind which weren't going to better me as a bodybuilder as a coach or whatever it was it was stuff that I, it was all focused towards something but having something in my life which is completely pointless uh, <laughs> was actually had a point in a sense because it contributed i felt to my own well-being because it was it took the, maybe it took the pressure off um so perhaps that's a thing which is part of balance, which we've not actually, you're rightfully so, Joe, we've not actually touched on it at all this entire podcast. I guess it maybe just shows what sort of people we are, that you know, that's that's what makes us happy, having multiple goals. I mean, yeah. I'm 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 a basic bitch. I every day I'm a to-do list, I'm happy when I've done all my to-do list, whether it's you know, meals, uh, stuff at work, going to the gym odd jobs, whatever else. Like I, I, I genuinely like it's, we're in a digital world. I have a notepad and I write out my to-do list every fucking day. Um, and I think I'll always be like that. Um, so I think it, it very much just depends um, on the person. Uh, yeah. I do get what you mean that that gaming would have made you completely switch off from literally everything else. And while you were speaking, I was trying to think if I do anything like that that much anymore. Like I used to game, I don't so much anymore. What I do instead now, it's not really a waste of time, but like I like, I mean, obviously I'm in Australia. So I like outside walks where I'll sometimes, I'll throw in a podcast. A lot of the time I will realize I haven't even listened to the podcast. I've been in my own thoughts the entire time. Um, so I like, sometimes I'll listen to like one of, it's probably one of the times I like um, Fouad Abiyad's podcast. They're probably fucking shit, but because I've had a, an hour or two in my own thoughts walking around a beach or whatever it is, yeah. um, I think, oh yeah, it was a good podcast, but really it's just me drifting away um, on the desert somewhere. Um, Do you think you're spending that time thinking about pursuing goals though? Nah, I, I don't know. I'll have, to, I'll have to track it, what I actually think about. In which case, um, it's not really escaping it, is it? Because I do that. Uh, you're right. I go out and walk, and then I realise I've spent the whole time planning next week's training. Or... <laughs> <laughs> it's a disease, clearly. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I can safely say when I'm gaming, I'm thinking about only the game. And I, I, I do get a sense of like, like a little bit of a load off. Because yeah. I'm quite a stressy person. Like, like we, if for myself I, I tend to put a lot of pressure on myself with regards to like you know work and job and finances and all that kind of stuff so 
it's to have something like that in my life, I did it on purpose to allow me to kind of switch off. So it's a bit of a relief in a sense. Yeah. Uh, Joe, you mentioned you have a goal. Um, what is that out of curiosity? That's the difficult thing. Um, I'm a bit like you. I've kind of accepted. I probably i am not going to push it far enough to go pro. Um, I think at my height, I'm 5'10". I would probably just need to be t- too big to do that. Um, the, the funny thing is, I think what what made me stick with with um, well, just weight training more so than bodybuilding or powerlifting in the first place was that I kind of had found something that I felt like I could be really good at, um, and it was the feeling of uh, like I was never particularly good at one sport. I was okay at sports, but I was never the best. And then when I got into the gym at 14, um, I only went to like the the college gym, but within kind of six months or so, I was getting stronger than a lot of the other people in there. And I'd kind of found that thing that I could suddenly be almost competitive at, even though I wasn't competing. Um, So I think the the goal, um, a nice year old picture there, just in perspective for, has, uh, for Joe's size. The goal has become um, just to see how good I can be um, and see how far I, I can take it. And I think, like I'd said before, until unless I'd reached a point where I felt like you know there was a lot more to give, it would probably be hard to walk away from it. Look at those hamstrings. Fucking hell. No. <laughs> yeah. Make that one off. Go for the pro card. 100%. Look at the fucking legs. <laughs> It's Jesus insane. Christ. And just you when, have, when you, when you, you see Joe, he's <laughs> fucking huge. Like, we met up recently for a training session. He's a fucking tank. And this is a set which uh, was picked up by the form police for all the good reasons of yeah, three plates yeah, aside um, for Rose. Tremendous strength. No belt, too. Yeah. yeah the hamstrings are popping up the shorts. Careful, yeah, I, I personally think Joe could go pro. Uh, and I don't say that lightly. Like there, there's no one, there's only one other guy in Derby that I would say that about. Um, and he's pretty much retired at this stage. So I, I think Joe would. Is, uh, I won't say it, no matter. <laughs> I guess, I mean, it's always a, a good goal to have. Um, but I guess for like a lot of us, we'd have to realize that actually getting a pro card would kind of be like the end of our career. Um, and by yeah. that, is if we jumped in a, ever jumped in a pro show. Um, like, I mean, to be fair, you'd still want to do one, even if you came dead say, you'd, have, you'd have to do one. Yeah, even if you came dead fucking last, like, just to stand next to, like, fucking Rolly, <laughs> just to compare arms or fucking something like that, it'd be it'd be amazing. Um, still still Rolly's shirt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, think. yeah. I, think that, I think a lot of competitors fall into that trap, though. You see it, they finally turn pro. They're probably not good enough to to do well as a pro. Yeah, so they do a pro show, and then they decide I'm going to try and qualify on points and do the Olympia. And before you know it, they're, they're trying to make it when I imagine they probably never thought that they were get, that they were going to pursue that. Yeah. And I think it's a dangerous thing to get into when you don't know when to hang it up. Uh, that's a good point because, like I said, like not me or anyone from Australia or anything, but the, the standard here isn't as high. Um, we offer two pro cards a year. Um, in the last five years, the only person that's done anything. Um, oh, who's this gun? Christ. Terrible. 
<laughs> um, there's like there's one person that's done something on on any stage. Um, that's Aaron Pilates, our two pro. He came, I want to say eighth in the Olympia, won two pro shows, and that's the best that's come out of Australia. Everyone else. What about Josh I mean, Lonowitz? Uh, yeah, fair enough. But he won his pro card seven or eight years ago. Um, but that's a uh, um, it's a good point. Oh yeah, this is my my ten year transformation. That's, I think I'm gonna move to Australia. Yeah, mate. Yeah, you, <laughs> no, no one here's got a set of hamstrings, so you'll be absolutely fine. <laughs> we, we don't we don't have um, straight like deadlifts over here because the gravity is the other way. Tell you what, when I was out in Australia, I, I used to see a lot of um, the Asian immigrants with amazing sets of legs. Yeah, amazing yeah. for their weight. For their weight. Yeah, it's true. Uh, they all have tiny waists as well, which really makes um and no back. <laughs> no, yeah, that's like that's like the standard like meme over here. Like oh, small waist, big legs, no no back for um Asians. Um, I don't even know if you're allowed to say that anymore. Like, is it is it racist if it's true? I don't know. It's. Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I think I think we're Asians and big legs from weightlifting. If you look at those circles, that's pretty pretty well accepted, really. I yeah, think it's 100%. due to the um, proportions a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it short knee to hip or yeah. something like that? Yeah, yeah. Longer to legs as well. Longer torso. Yeah, right. Which would make sense for the smaller back because maybe the lats don't cut down as much, um, which ironically is the same issue I have. So. Any Asians that have got a good back, hit me up because <laughs> I need your fucking help. <laughs> right. I was actually just looking for a video of uh, Lu Xiaoxin doing some squats. I wonder if we can see something. Here we go. I'll show you guys this. This is absolute uh, piss take. Look at the proportions. <laughs> Oh my God. Lu Shin working up to a 275 kilo, just casual squat, everyday training weight, obviously. You guys have heard of this guy, right? I, I haven't heard of him, but I recognize him. Yeah, Lu Shin is just, he's fucking insane. He's been I around for a while the, at this um, point. I yeah, follow the, the Japanese one who's a heavyweight. I can't remember his name now. Um, but he's younger than me, squatting 400 kilos. Uh, it's and mental. Just wow. massive. This is the 275. Check this out. Just a thin weightlifting belt. Look at that. Ridiculous proportions. Insane. Tank Murakami is the guy. You should look him up. What's his name, sorry? Tank Murakami is his name on uh, Instagram. Oh, yeah, I've got him. Tank Murakami squat. And so, oh, okay. 360 kilo squat I'm looking at here. Check this out. Olympic weight training. Let's see. Oh, yeah, once again, short, really short legs. Huge. Yep. He's yeah. a big boy. Mm. Christ. That's insane. I, uh, oh, in the Olympics. That looks like an old video, that. Yeah, yeah, there's quite a lot here. It's like a big training compilation trying to find a squat. Yeah. Here we go. Massive now. This is the one. Jeez, three twenty four reps. Look at the weight bounce. Good God, it's amazing. He's in his. He's about twenty four or something now. He's younger than us. Right. I love that. Like, look at the the rack he's using. It's like proper. 
it's not made out of wood, but it's, it's almost as dead as it gets. Jesus Christ. Imagine <laughs> just throwing around 220 kilos. That's fantastic. Some people are built for it, which is why the rest of us need balance. <laughs> yes. Well, this guy, he, he can, he can, <laughs> Boom, he can say pocket. no to balance. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, phenomenal. Right, so I'm aware that I've kept you guys for a while, so we'll 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 look at wrapping up a little bit here. But um, I think, yeah, really good discussion, mostly for the sake of I think people can relate to what we're saying with regards to balance and what we've been through, and hopefully, you know, that's what's useful for for people to listen to. But um, I'd say for me, just kind of summarizing it, I'm while I loved what I did in powerlifting, and I feel like now I can look back and go, you know what, it was worth it. Um, it probably did leave me focusing more on balance now in an effort to kind of make up for years where there were there was a real heavy focus on achieving. But then ultimately, you know, at the time, it was great. Loved it. Yeah. Loved the achievements. Being able to look back now and look at, you know, trophies and stuff uh, means I actually did something with, with all that time that I was spent in a gym. So it made it, like, quote unquote, worthwhile. Uh, but now I'm definitely far more about balance. Um, just because I think ultimately it can lead to a lot of burnout and stuff. So that's kind of my perspective um, on happiness and balance. The thing, the thing that you can never answer that is important to ask yourself is if you had never pursued powerlifting to that point or you'd never competed. So right now you can look back and you can be proud of the achievements and you can say you've done it. And now you can pursue more quote unquote balance and be happy with that. If you didn't have that to look back on and those achievements, would you be less happy now? You know, and I think if you ask yourself that and your answer is no, then it was worth it and you did the right thing for happiness. I'd, I'd also say we, we, can, we can go back even further because I think there were reasons that I got into powerlifting in the first place, which came from an unhappy place. Uh, I know this is the end of the podcast, but uh, it's like, I, well, I, I, looking back now as an, as an older guy, like, I can realize that the reason that I got into powerlifting was because... I, I had a lot of trauma. I had, I had some trauma when I was younger. Like I lost my father at 15. And I think those feelings of weakness um, and those feelings of not knowing my place in the world probably led to me wanting to be the strongest guy in the room every time because I felt that, you know, maybe genetically there was something wrong um, or I just felt like I didn't have the backing of my dad because he passed away. And you just you just feel a bit more nervous in the world. It was just it was a weird feeling, and uh, I'd say looking back even further, you know, ultimately there was there were psychological motivators for why I wanted to, if I didn't have I no longer had the father figure in my life, why I wanted to be that strong superhero type person was probably why I got into powerlifting in the first place, and that's what then gave me that sense of okay, you are strong, you are not only strong but you're the strongest in a room, in every room. <laughs> and so yeah. that's what ultimately made me, it, it gave me peace. So I think it goes back earlier. And I think, to, to basically, I'm agreeing with your point, Joe. Like, I think you've, you've got to look back um, and you see like, okay, did this, did this make me happy? And let's look back even further and go, well, what were the original reasons? Um, and yeah, that's, that's a large part of it. I, I, can, I can look back now and say that's what it was. I couldn't have told you that in my 20s. I had no idea. Uh, it's a lot easier to self-reflect in the future. Um, that's actually a, a really wholesome way um, of starting lifting, which ironically, as you probably guessed from the smile on your face, is the complete opposite of why I started lifting. Um, 
I started training at 16. Um, I, I, I finished playing football and I needed something else, yes. But I also thought girls like abs. And I saw a girl cradle a guy's arm in the playground once. And I thought, you know what? I want that to be me. And it's been 12 years. And all I get is guys in my DM. Asking <laughs> <laughs> and you like did it wrong. Me. You've got like enormous quads. It's supposed to be your, your arms, not your quads. <laughs> I know. I've literally grown the wrong fucking muscles. I've like, no big quads. <laughs> and here I am with like the... The small, the small arms. Um, <laughs> literally, I've focused my time on the, on the wrong body parts. Really. <laughs> oh well. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna get uh, Joe to give me a bit of a sort of a wrap up on on your perspective, uh, just to finish us off, and then we'll we'll go to you, Ollie. Oh man, I think um, not to cop out, but it's going to be different for every person, and I think it comes down to your priority. And um, almost kind of what sort of standard um, is important to you. I think there are surely many people that aren't interested in being the best at something or being even the best they can be. And it's more important to them to be okay at a lot of things um, and get by. Um, and I think only you, only you obviously can answer what will make you happy. Um, but I think it's unrealistic to think, to think that achieving a goal will change your life and make you happy. Um, almost everybody finds that um, you, you get there and then it's like, oh, actually, you know, mm. it probably isn't now <laughs> any different than it was before. It's more so, the, more so the pursuit and then being able to look back. And for me, it's very important to me to be proud of myself more so than make anybody else proud. So then the question for me is, what can I do that I would be happy with? Um, and even though at the time, you know, aggressive pursuit of any goal takes a lot from your life. There, there are many, many areas that bodybuilding takes from in my life and it makes me question it a lot at times. Um, but ultimately, I must think it's worth it because I'm still doing it. So yeah. I think in the long term, the pursuit of a goal like that for the right person will, will bring more happiness. Um but in the midst of it, you can get caught up, especially when you focus on the wrong things. You get very caught up in looking at what it's taking. And I think it's kind of a time to reassess your perspective when that starts making you unhappy. Yeah. Just like when you're in prep, if you spend your whole prep thinking about, I can't wait for this to be over. I can't wait for my cheat meal the day after the competition. If they truly are the two things that are most important to you, you're probably competing for the wrong reasons. However, if you can kind of check yourself and reassess your perspective. I look back on my preps, some of the hardest days were some of the best memories I had of it. I just didn't know it at the time because you get too caught up in thinking, this is so hard, I can't wait for it to be over. So I think it's important to align your perspective and, and, and remember everything that you're getting out of that. Awesome. Ollie, I'm gonna give it over to you just to, to wrap up and finish. Uh, summarize all of that, that's hard. Um, I guess to summarize me, um, I'm right here right now, pretty happy with the balance I do have. Um, but just to go back to our point before, I do genuinely believe unless like you're literally good in for the top, you can fit bodybuilding into your life with a career and a family and, and other stuff. Um, you know, maybe when I have a family of my own, I might, you know, change that, but I've seen enough people do it. Um, 
I follow enough people that do it. Um, I speak to enough people, you know, in business that not, not bodybuilding, but they have other stuff, which takes a lot of time. So I do think um, Joe's point of the personality type very much yeah. is important here. So I guess it's kind of maybe realizing what sort of person, personality type you are. Um, and like, I could honestly say, like I said before, if I start working 60 hours a week, I'll still fit bodybuilding in. 100%. Um, I might buy more pre-packaged meals um, or use a meal prep company or something, but, you know, I'll, I'll still get the training in the, the minimal. Um, so, yes, balance for me is good, but maybe ask me again in 20 weeks when I'm a week out. <laughs> I'm a fucking bodybuilding show. <laughs> awesome. Um, Joe, you just adjusted your camera. We can see how fucking huge you are. So go for that pro card. <laughs> right. All right, guys. I'm a new... Um... You've got shoulders out the entire time. Out. I'll get a bit closer. Just impossible. Can you... Um, can you um, what do you call it? Can you out-angle someone, but like on Zoom? Is that like a thing? Is it like a... <laughs> can I... Uh, I, I, I don't have a chance anymore. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Well, so let me see some press-ups and I'll come back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> all right guys uh thank you for joining me and um we'll call it there but uh, i do appreciate your time guys and i'll uh, i'll get this up so thanks and hopefully the audience will kind of enjoy and relate a little bit to where, wherever they are in life because um i think that's really interesting and i i appreciate your thoughts both of you on on everything you've said because it it helps me to put my life into perspective as well so i really appreciate that thanks for joining me all right hey, folks again as always cool yeah thanks for having us on